he's kind and good at sex, but also smart. Inconceivable. You played yourself. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. We are back. Yeah, we haven't recorded in like weeks, which is crazy. We've been doing a a nice like super packed, we have to record three episodes, (laughs) period. And then it's like two weeks vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're back. We're ready for some March magic. We have all things witchy, spooky. Mystical. Yeah, mystical, Mm occulty. Not so much Halloween, but more the essence of... You know, mm, magic, magic, <laughs> magic, <Yeah>. truly. <laughs> and I wanted to do, <laughs> I wanted to do some sort of like magic mic, like esque march, but you know, that got vetoed. There just aren't enough movies. There's only two of them. So, <laughs> but then we could also intersperse it with like, what are some other stripper movies? Hustlers, Zola. Yeah, that'll be a wild one. If you want, if you want stripper September, let Ooh. us know. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. Let yeah. us know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for our first episode of March Magic, we are doing the 1998 classic Practical Magic. Yes, this movie has been so highly requested for Spooktober, and it has like almost mm. made the cut both years but just got edged out yeah but it's always really requested so i'm super happy that we're finally covering it yeah i only watched it for the first time last year because we did a um event with girl crush podcast where they were having everybody review a different sandra bullock movie every day leading up to her birthday mm-hmm. and we did practical magic and it is so good Yeah, I really liked watching this movie. Plus, it has um, Sandra Bullock and Amy Adams, right? Nicole Kidman. Damn it. (laughs) They look so similar. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I love Mm -hmm. her and Big Little Lies. Mm -hmm. Um, I started watching Nine Perfect Strangers, but I didn't end up finishing that show. I would like to watch it again. I think I just got caught up with like watching The O.C., Um, yeah, no, but Nicole is uh, so freaking beautiful in this movie. It's she's gorgeous. Frankly, upsetting. I really want to get like a long red wig, kind of like what she has in this movie. Yeah, and just like see how it looks, and like maybe I'll it maybe it looks really good. Maybe I'll dye my hair. But whoa, yeah, I would love to see you as a redhead. <laughs> I can't even picture it really because it's so your blonde is so iconic. Yeah, because I always wanted – this is a tangent, but I always wanted dark hair growing up, and my mom was like, no, you would look really bad with dark hair. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, but she was like, if you do dye your hair, you should dye it red because that would like suit your skin tone because I am mm-hmm. ghostly pale. But yeah, her hair is incredible in this movie. Also, Sandra Bullock is so gorgeous and really good in this movie too. Yeah, definitely. And it's like a great combination of just like – being a lady and trauma mm-hmm. and you said this before our generational trauma mm-hmm. but also like comedy and yeah. love and sisterhood yeah what i really like about this movie is that it really leads with emotion so it's like yeah the tone is a little bit 
all over the place, but that's what emotions are like. Like, yeah, shut up, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck off. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get a little bit of everything. You get some like dark comedy. You get these like more emotional moments. You get these like whimsical moments. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also nice to see like witches portrayed in this like good and kind of more fun light. Yeah. Because I feel like often it's like witches are evil. And I'm like, not these mm-hmm. ones. I'm like, she just has like a botanical store. Like, let her sell her shampoo. Exactly. But I guess before we should get into it, we should give you some little fun facts. So, oh, yeah. We have a $75 million budget, and sadly, sadly, only $68.3 million at the box office. So, it was a a net loss, I guess. But mm-hmm. since it has really cemented itself as a cult classic and has remained super popular. Yeah. And I actually didn't know this, but a prequel is in the works for HBO Max based on the rules of magic. And it'll have Aunt Frances, Aunt Chat, and their brother, Vincent, who isn't in Practical Magic at all. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, because this movie is based on the book Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman, and she has since written two other prequels. One of them is Rules of Magic, which is set in like 60s New York. Yeah. And the other one, I can't remember the name, but it's about like the original, like Maria Owens. It's like her story. And from what I've read, the books or like practical magic the book is very different to the movie like story wise Uh, and the book mm -hmm. actually more so follows um antonia and kylie yeah i did notice like this watch around that um kylie actually has a pretty big role in Mm -hmm. the movie yeah um i also this is like a critique a little (laughs) but i did not understand the timeline to this movie because she writes a letter to her sister and she's like oh, I'm celebrating like our two-year anniversary. I'm so happy. And you see pictures of her kids who look like five and six. Like they look older than having just a two-year anniversary, a three-year anniversary. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's a time jump of like, she starts writing this letter. It's like, it's our three-year anniversary. And then we see like, as the letter goes on, like their lives going on. So that's why okay by the time like we get to like Jilly talking about how like, oh my God, I met this guy, Jimmy, blah, blah, blah. Like years have passed mm-hmm. and her daughters are older now. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, lastly, Barbara Streisand, after seeing this movie, really wanted to buy like the gorgeous Owens house. But unfortunately, when she called, found out that it was just like a shell that they had made for the Mm -hmm. movie and it was taken down after filming. But it is really beautiful. It's like one of the most beautiful like houses I feel like I've seen in a movie in a minute. This town actually reminds me of the town in, uh, I forget the name. It's the Disney Channel Halloween movie where, oh, oh, Hocus Pocus. This Town reminds me of Hocus Pocus. Salem? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely gave me big, like, Mm -hmm. New England, maybe, like, Cape Cod-y vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, like... I don't know where they filmed this, actually. Is it Washington? Okay. San Juan Island in the state of Washington. For this movie or Hocus Pocus? For for this movie. Okay. It's a really beautiful town, though. I would love to visit. It looks like just a cute little Mm -hmm. seaside town. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just for the record, Hocus Pocus obviously is set in Salem, but most of it was shot on sound stages in Burbank, California. There you go. <laughs> but its daytime scenes are in Salem and Marblehead. Oh, cool. Before we get into it, shall we do a couple of review shoutouts? Oh, I'm thinking we'll do a couple of review shoutouts. Hell yeah. Our first review is for Brianna Danny. You mentioned that the pod is like a nice, um, can't remember exactly what the words were that you used actually, but it was like, you know, escape from reality is something like enjoyable. Something lighter than like the usual podcast that you listen to. Yeah. And we decided to give you a light and beautiful song, Mm -hmm. a classic from Uptown Girls, Molly Smiles. Maybe in your late 90s, early 2000s movie montage, you are enjoying buying some fresh flowers like maybe at a farmer's market or just like an outdoor market and the focus is like on you as you run this errand and we see you like smelling the different flowers and picking out like the perfect bunch and then maybe you go get a tea and you're like writing in a journal mm. and it's just like oh my gosh she's the main character who is she kind of just a really romantic day in your life mm. and by romantic I mean just like lovely yeah lovely day wow yeah. I can't wait for the weather to be warm enough to do that yeah I know. <laughs> beautiful and next up we have a review from Discipula Maxima? Sounds like a spell. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) OMG. It's so so fitting. (laughs) Yeah. In your review, you mentioned that uh, whenever some of your friends are complaining about their partners, you've started saying, ladies, a man will never. Very cool that you're doing that. I love it. We love that. Yeah. There's really no song that fits that energy quite like... No Scrubs by TLC. Mm -hmm. And the way that I'm picturing this montage, hear me out. It's a movie musical. And I think that you are like hosting a ladies night or like you're hanging out with your friends. And one of them's like, this fucking guy is just like treating me badly, whatever. He's like, not a good dude. And you get up. The music starts and you start singing these amazing lyrics to your friend and then it kind of devolves into like a 13 going on 30 situation where everyone is like dressed up in like bags and like dresses and blah 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 and you're like dancing around you're all singing no scrubs and everyone Mm -hmm. decides to dump their shitty boyfriends after whoa yeah a dumping massacre (laughs) you get dumped you You get get dumped dumped. you You get get dumped. dumped i love that Well, thank you so much for the reviews, you guys. We're going to keep going next week. We'll do a couple more. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you would like a little shout out in our next episode, be sure to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, ma'am. We begin the movie hearing about the curse on the Owens woman. So we go all the way back to... I'm assuming like Salem witch era yeah. and see Aunt Maria who is about to be hanged and she has made some enemies in the town mm-hmm. because she was a very desirable woman Yeah, and people thought she was a witch, but like they were really mostly just jealous of her and mm. she decides to 
jump off the platform, you know, get it over with, I guess. But the noose breaks. <gasps> My gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes, her magic has protected her. Can't keep a bad bitch down. You literally cannot. <laughs> and everyone runs in fear. They're freaked out. And she is banished to an island. She is pregnant, waiting for her lover. But her lover never came. Ah, oh, so sad. Mm-hmm. And then in a moment of despair, she decides to cast a spell upon herself that she would never again feel the agony of love but over time, the spell grew into a curse on any man who dared to love an Owen's woman. Damn. I know. One of the girls asks if that's why their father died, and the aunt says yes. Their mother heard the ticking of the Death Watch beetle, and that foreshadowed their father's death. And we see like a cutback clip of the family happy on the beach, and their mom hearing like the death watch beetle. And basically that's why the girls came to live with their aunts. Yes. So we see a young Sally and Jillian arrive at the Owens house. Um, a young Sally played by a very young Camilla Bell. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, who comes out, but aunt Frances, who is played by the one and only stalker Channing. Love her. And Aunt Bridget, a.k.a. Jet, who is played by Diane Weist. So right off the jump, incredible casting. Yeah. So the aunts tell the girls that at this house, they will have chocolate cake for breakfast and they'll never bother. She's like, (laughs) we have chocolate cake for breakfast. (laughs) Perfect impression. (laughs) (laughs) And they never bother with silly things like bedtime or brushing your teeth. But we also see, unfortunately, that Sally and Jilly are kind of ostracized by all the kids in the neighborhood. Which, which you're a bitch. <laughs> and the ants are like, you know what? You just got to remember that sometimes the sweet comes with the sour. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to present day where the girls and their aunts are having tea. And Jet and Francis argue about the like Owens family curse. Sally asks if their mom died of a broken heart, and Francis says yes. But they kind of change the subject around and suggest to go inside and do some spells, and that it's far more important than anything they'd learn from their homework. True. <laughs> so they go inside. The girls are casting some spells, and it's clear that Sally is the more gifted witch of like mm-hmm. between her and Jilly. And that's when a neighborhood woman – like appears at the door looking crazy a little unhinged asks the witches for help so it turns out she's having an affair with this man and she wants the ants to cast a spell so that he'll leave his wife for her mm-hmm. psa don't ever do this <laughs> can only end badly public service <laughs> announcement do not do this so jet is like you know maybe you should find someone else who's better suited for you aka single but francis is like no just take the money like we need the money so clearly these women their business is that they cast love spells upon the town Mm -hmm. so the woman says that she wants this man to love her so much that he can't stand it so the witches perform the spell and jet tells her to be careful what she wishes for meanwhile sally and jilly are watching this whole thing happen from the stairs and sally 
repeats to herself that she hopes she never falls in love. And Jilly's like, I can't wait to fall in love. Ah, so young and naive. I did think that this was going to, like, come back at some point. Like, we were going to find out that, like, the guy killed this woman or something like that. And those were, like, the consequences. But it never came up again. Yeah, because they, it's, when she comes over to, like, um, Jet kind of tries to talk her down from it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, be careful what you wish for. So it's really ominous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is not touched upon again. Mm-hmm. So later that evening, Sally is in the garden. She is collecting some rose petals off of the roses. And she says that he will whistle her favorite song and ride a pony backwards. And he can flip pancakes in the air and um, lists off all of these things about these like attributes about a guy, including that he'll have one green eye and one blue eye. Jillian's like, what are you doing? And she says that she is summoning up a spell so that she never dies of a broken heart because this man that she's describing doesn't exist. And she casts the spell and her rose petals fly off into the distance. The fact that one of the impossible traits is he's marvelously kind. Is telling. (laughs) Telling. (laughs) She's not wrong. He'll he'll never exist. Yeah, ladies, a man will never He shows up on time. He's (laughs) kind and good at sex, but also smart. Inconceivable. You played yourself. (laughs) Years later, the girls are, I guess they're like, maybe like late teens, very early 20s. They're pretty young. Mm -hmm. We see Jilly sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night to run off with some dude. Yeah. And Sally's like, oh my God, are you sure you love this guy enough to marry him? And Jilly's like, I love him enough. Like, I fucking hate it here. I just want to get out of this town, go somewhere where no Mm -hmm. one knows who we are. And Sally worries that she's never going to see Jilly again. But Jilly's like, no, we're going to grow old together just like our aunts. And we're going to die on the same day together. Aww. She then asks her little boy toy for his pocket knife. And she cuts uh, a line down her palm and does the same for Sally. And they hold palms together. And it's kind of like a blood oath situation. Mm -hmm. And they hug and say, I love you before Jilly climbs down the trellis. And runs off with her mystery man. Um, I did want to say I was talking to Monica and we were thinking of like alternate castings mm-hmm. if they remade yeah. uh, the movie. And I was saying that I really want to see Hunter Schaefer <gasps> play the role of Jillian. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be so good. I could just see her like killing that character. Mm. And then Monica mentioned um, we did have a hard time finding a Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Like a different casting, but maybe like Alexandra Daddario. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She it age wise, it might be a little yeah tricky because I'm kind of unclear if they're supposed to be twins or if one of them's supposed to be older. I get the feeling that Sally is older. Yeah, but I guess they were like in school at the same time and like mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, if anyone's read the book, let us know. So it is the morning, and um, Sally and her aunts walk to the post office in the town. They 
um, get a postcard from Jillian, who is in another city with another man. And Sally says how much she misses Jilly and leaves start to fall. Oh, is this like a magic thing? Like the leaves falling? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And she says that she wants to be normal. And Francis says being normal isn't a virtue. It denotes a lack of courage. Mm -hmm. So we can see that this is still something like she's struggling with feeling like she fits in in this town and girl hasn't left. So it seems like she wants to settle down there, but it seems like she doesn't really know what she wants, I guess, or she's kind of afraid to try. Then Sally sees this man at the farmer's market and they kind of lock eyes, have a little smile at each other. And Aunt Jet notices this. Mm -hmm. So what starts playing? Oh, my God. This Kiss by Faith Hill. Such a good song. Incredible song. We see Sally working in the garden, just doing her thing, and the ants are whispering. They're like, what time is it? Oh, my gosh. It's going to happen at any moment. So clearly, these women have cast a little spell. Medal, medal. The clock strikes 12, and Sally just, like, stands up, starts running to the farmer's market. She gets to the farmer's market. Who's there? The man Mm. staring right at her. They walk towards each other. They start running. They meet in the middle. She jumps into his arm, and they start making out. And when I saw this for the first time, I didn't really, like, clock, I guess, that it was, like, a spell that had been cast. I was like, oh, maybe they're, like, secretly having, like, an affair. And this is them, like, yeah, meeting up because it seemed so sudden. And then I realized, like, oh, no, they cast a spell, and that's why it's very sudden. Yeah, same. I... I noticed that this time around. Mm-hmm. So we get a time jump and Sally is writing to Jillian about her life with Michael. They've been married for three years and have two beautiful daughters. Everything is blissfully normal. And Jilly is living up her single life. Um, she's like, life is perfect, but I only care about one person, Jimmy Angelov. And like, this is, being said in a voiceover <laughs> while Jilly is like dancing by the pool in this like super hot outfit and mm-hmm. sees him across the water or whatever. And then we see Jilly walking through the house that they're both at when Jimmy comes up behind her and very sensually blindfolds yeah. her. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I did read that initially the Jimmy character was supposed to be like a guy from Texas. But then they rewrote him to be like Eastern European because they wanted to cast this particular guy, which is why he has like a kind of weird obsession with like being a cowboy because that's like remnants Uh, of the old character. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So we then go back to Sally. She's asleep in bed. She has her daughter Antonia um, and her husband Michael sleeping next to her Mm -hmm. when she's woken up by the sound of a chirping beetle. Oh, no. Oh, no is correct. The next day, Michael is working at the farmer's market while Sally is, like, frantically pulling up all of the floorboards trying to find this beetle and, like, kill it. She can't find it. It keeps chirping. We cut back to Michael, who is crossing the street with his little hand truck, when a giant group of cyclists come out of nowhere. 
It's like the Tour de France. Yeah. And this tiny little seaside town (laughs) goes zooming past him. He stays in one place. Luckily, he doesn't get hit. Sigh of relief. The beetle stops chirping. Sally takes a moment. Michael turns around. What happens? Hit by a truck. Pancaked. Yeah, completely Done. out of nowhere. We see the the fruit from his little hand truck go flying. Michael has died. Devastating. Mm-hmm. So Sally goes to the only other home she's ever known, her aunt's house. She asks them if this was the curse. And Franny and Jetty say that they had no idea when they cast the spell. And... Sally is like, what, what, what? Reeling. She realizes that this whole relationship, this whole like chapter of her life was influenced by magic. Mm -hmm. And Jetty says that it was just a little push and they didn't think that she truly loved him. And Sally tells her aunts that she did love him like very much Mm -hmm. and she wants him back. And she says that she's never asked them for anything but she wants to bring him back. It's really devastating. She's mm-hmm. like beside herself with grief. Yeah. And Francis and Jetty just say that they really can't do that. If they brought him back, it would be something grotesque and unnatural. Like it wouldn't be the same Michael. Yeah. Uh, it would be dark. And Sally has this breakdown and she starts crying, realizing she'll never see her husband again. Oh. It's so sad. And Sandra's so good. Mm-hmm. You get so invested in her so quickly. She just has that Definitely. quality that like really pulls you in. Mm-hmm. Very like genuine mm-hmm. quality. Yeah. So Sally does decide to move back home with her daughters and she tells them that it's only temporary. Her children will not be having chocolate for breakfast and they will never do magic, mm. which is giving me Halloween town. Just a little bit. Ooh, so true. Again, with the redheads not wanting to do magic. Mm. Classic. Well, I guess Julian doesn't yeah. care, but yeah. That's true. So we get the next scene, which I find really interesting that they did this because I feel like a lot of movies where like a husband dies or something, they mm. don't really, they look, they overlook the grief yeah. stage, I guess. But Sally is very, very depressed after mm. her husband dies. We see her like in bed. Her um, daughter Kylie comes in. She's like, "Hey, it's time for school." Like, like every day, mm-hmm. like it's the same time. Yeah, you know, get out of bed, mom. But Sally like can't get out of bed. She is just totally depressed. Um, yeah. and Kylie kind of tries to cheer her up. She says that Antonia, her sister. Um, has been like acting up. She puts on her mouse ears and drives around town all liquored up, <laughs> naked. <laughs> this little like five-year-old child. <laughs> yeah. And um, her mom doesn't respond. And she's like, okay, mom, like I'll see you after school. And she starts walking away. But Sally pulls her back into bed mm. with her. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm just so tired. Oh, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. We then later on see Sally lying in bed. She lifts up her hand and looks at the scar from her blood oath with Jilly and starts thinking of her sister. 
And then we cut over to Jillian, who is looking at her scar and thinking of Sally. Mm -hmm. And this kind of really starts to set up the whole, like, sister connection that they have. It's, like, very deep. They can feel when one one of them needs the other, like, when one of them's Mm -hmm. calling them. It's like a subtle telepathy that they have going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Jilly is with Jimmy Angelov. He is obsessed with her like mm-hmm. won't even let her get out of bed to go to like the bathroom by herself it's like very intense terrible vibes of this man but she does eventually get to go to the bathroom on her own and when she's in the bathroom she has his bottle of tequila and she pours some little like crystals in it which i learned later is called belladonna and it's essentially like a sleeping crystal like a sedative yeah yes a sedative i was like what's the word thank you (laughs) and so she drugs jimmy so that he can get some shut eye and we see her i love this shot it is so cool we see her like driving through the desert in his car smoking a cigarette looking as hot as ever singing along to a case of you by joni mitchell Mm -hmm. and it is just framed so beautifully. We have these like close-ups on her face and on her eyes. It is a really cool shot. So Sally is woken up in the middle of the night by Chili. She finally, you know, gets the solace of seeing her sister. And she tells her that she was really, really happy and just breaks down crying. In the morning, Sally and Chili talk about how they had plans to open a botanical shop together. Sally and her now deceased husband, Michael. And although it may seem boring to Jillian, he made her laugh. And yeah, just like reminiscing. And Jilly tells Sally about Jimmy and says that he is Bulgarian from somewhere near Transylvania. And at that point, when I watched this for the first time, I was like, is he a vampire? But no. I also (laughs) thought he was a vampire or like some magical thingy. Mm And she says that he has a Dracula cowboy thing about him, but he's just so intense and talks about their relationship in terms of centuries. Um, And they stay up all night, like, having sex. And if it wasn't for the crystals she puts in his drinks, she'd never get any sleep. And Sally's like, doesn't it seem strange to you that you have to drug your boyfriend? But Julia's like, He's stronger than me. Um, maybe he can survive the curse. Yeah, this is a red flag you're going to want to mm-hmm. pay attention to. This is a special tool that you'll need to yeah. use later. Yeah. So later that night in bed, Jilly asks Sally if she forgives their mother for, I guess, like dying? I guess I thought it was because she fell in love with their dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And therefore like kills him. It's true, yeah. I don't know. And um, I think Sally says sometimes, and Jilly's like, well, you'll never forgive yourself unless you get up and you take a shower and brush your teeth because they do not smell good (laughs) and go and take care of your girls. Yeah. So as Sally is falling asleep, she feels Jilly like touch her face and Sally tells Jilly that she loves her. And in the morning when she wakes up, Jilly is gone. Mm -hmm. I really love this, like, whole sequence, getting to see this, like, really 
these tender moments between like yeah. the sisters. I feel like it really helps cement the bond beyond just like, oh, like they're sisters and like, oh, they have this blood oath. Like we get to see the, this like really emotional connection that they have. Definitely. And the next morning, Sally does wake up with a smile on her face for the first time in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And she opens the door to her botanical shop and she's like clearly getting ready to, you know, open the store that she had talked about with Michael. And she sees her kids from outside. They're like making faces through the glass and she laughs. I wrote like with the other witches in the shop because it seems like yeah. the two women she's hired are witches. One of which is character actress Margot Martindale. Did not notice that the first time I watched it, but pretty crazy. Which woman is she? Uh, with the dark the hair. Brunette. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. And um, they're like laughing. Like it's a really sweet moment. And then a group of kids gather around outside and start chanting, which, which, you are a bitch, just like they did to Jillian and Sally when they were younger. No imagination. Really, really bland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sally comes out of the store and pulls Kylie off of some kid and Kylie points to the kid and Sally's like, put your finger down, like mm -hmm. stop doing that. And she puts her finger up again. She's like, I hope you get chicken pox. And everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. Gosh. And there's that one like mom who's like, your troublemaker started it. I'm like, lady, mm -hmm. back off. I think her name is Sarah. Yeah. So yeah, very tense. It's clear that there's still a lot of shit going on in town with this family. Mm -hmm. So the kids run off aghast with their mothers <laughs> and Sally tells her daughter that they do not cast. They don't toy with people's lives. And Kylie is really upset. Like, obviously, she's literally traumatized mm -hmm. and she's like, you, but you don't cast and you probably couldn't if you tried. And she like runs away and mm. Antonia's like, I think you hurt mom's feelings. Yeah. And I think she's like, she has all this power and she doesn't even use it. Again, giving me Halloween town. Or I guess. Yeah. Wait, which came out first? Mm, this movie or Halloween town? Yeah. When, when did Halloween town come out? Because I'm pretty sure it was 90s. 1998. <gasps> Same year. Good yeah. year for witches. Truly. So back at the house, Antonia and Kylie sit with their great aunts and they're talking about the curse mm -hmm. upon the Owens family. And Franny is like, oh, it's all hogwash. It's not real. And Kylie is like, is it true that our grandmother Regina died of a broken heart? And they're like, yes, she did. And Kylie asks how she could die and leave Sally and Jilly all alone. And kind of also start to ask questions about their mom's uh, magic abilities, if she was good at doing spells when she was younger. Mm -hmm. And that's when Sally walks into the kitchen. So she's like, have you finished your homework? I need you guys to go and check all the windows. There's a storm coming. Off you go. There's a big storm coming. Honey, you got a big storm coming. <laughs> And once they leave, Sally tells her aunts that she wants them to watch what they say to Antonia and Kylie. She doesn't want them filling her daughter's heads with nonsense. And Jet is like, oh, my God, no, we would never tell them nonsense. Only the truth. Only the truth, darling. Mm. So Sally writes Jilly another letter about how she feels like she has a hole inside her. 
and that sometimes she dreams of a love that even time will lie down and be still for. I love that quote. Yeah. It's a really like beautiful, like vulnerable letter Mm -hmm. that she writes. And she says that she wants someone to love her and she wants to be seen, but maybe she's had her happiness and there is no man, only the moon. So Sally goes to mail this letter to Jilly. And as she's walking back to the house, she gets a sense, like a feeling that Jilly is calling her. So she runs in. Mm -hmm. The phone is already ringing. The answer, like, it's Jilly. It's Jilly. So Jilly says on the other line that she's scared and asks Sally to come and get her. So immediately, Sally, like, grabs her jacket. She starts rushing out. The ants are like, oh, don't even worry about the girls. We'll take them with us to the solstice celebration. And she's like, are you serious? And they're like, well, we can't skip it. We're on the committee. Like, we're giving a talk. (laughs) And Sally's like, okay, but I don't want them dancing naked under the full moon. And (laughs) Sweet Jet goes, of course not, dear. The nudity is entirely optional, as you well remember. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Do you love 1980s pop culture and hate silence? Then you'll love 1980s Now. Each week, the 1980s Now podcast examines the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. We speak with the 1980s icons we grew up loving, like Ernie Hudson, Taylor Dane, Elvira, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Dee Wallace, and Harold Faltemeyer. And every week, we discuss current news related to 1980s media. So if you love 1980s pop culture, you don't need to miss it. You can have your 1980s now. Because that's the the name of our podcast, 1980s Now. You get it. So Sally rushes over to the motel Julie is at and finds her sitting in a corner with a black eye and bruising on her face. And they grab her bags and just get out to the car. And Jilly tells Sally about how Jimmy lost his temper in this ice cream shop and he punched her. They notice the blood moon and Jillian's like, oh my gosh, I forgot my tiger's eye in Jimmy's car. Like, I have to get my tiger's eye. Mm -hmm. And she goes to Jimmy's car, gets this tiger eye from um, like the mirror. It's like Mm -hmm. hanging on the rear view mirror. And Jimmy pulls her into the back seat. Puts a gun on her, and when Sally comes over to check what's going on, he's like, you're driving. So she has to drive around, and Jimmy is, I don't know, he's telling some, like, fucking weird story about Louis L'Amour and how he was, like, a foreigner who loved all things cowboy. It's just, like, yammering on. He's also, like, drunk, I'm assuming. Mm. So as he's talking, Sally locks eyes with Jilly in the rearview mirror, And, like, she leans forward and it's this, like, telepathic moment thing where she's like, the belladonna is in my bag. So Sally reaches in the bag, very subtly pulls it out, Mm -hmm. and Jimmy is yammering away. And then he starts lighting his fucking ring on fire because he wants to brand Jilly with it psychotic yeah so sally's like trying to get him to stop she's swerving the car all over the place and she's like and also like louis lamore wasn't a foreigner like he was from north dakota you don't know what the fuck you're talking about give me the (laughs) bottle if i'm gonna drive so she takes the tequila 
puts a bunch of the belladonna in the bottle. Yeah, she dumps that shit in there. Yeah, she dumps that whole thing in there. (laughs) Eventually, they pull over so that Jimmy can take a leak as he's, like, singing and dangling the keys. And Sally and Jilly are like, what the fuck is going on? Like, he should have passed out by now. Yeah. He finally gets back to the car. And Jilly is trying to, like, plead with him. She's like, come on, Jimmy. Like, I'm going to be with you forever. Like, let's just stop this. Like, let's just run away from here. And he gets super rough with her, pins her down on the seat, and starts to choke her. So Sally jumps in the back seat. She managed, she's, like, punching him until finally he has passed out from the Belladonna. Mm-hmm. Except it's a little more than passed out. Because she might have given him a little too much. So Jilly is trying to give him mouth to mouth, wake him up. And she's like, how much did you give him? And she's like, well, I wasn't exactly using a measuring cup. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Sally's like, Jilly, get in the fucking car. And she thinks, you know, maybe we could go to the police. We can say it was self-defense. And Jillian's like... Yeah, self-defense, a uh, slow poisoning over time because he has a, a bunch in his system. Yeah. So Sally just starts to get really scared about losing her children and like the consequences of their actions. And Jilly gets an idea. Maybe they can use their aunt's spell to bring Jimmy back like when Sally wanted to bring Michael back. Mm-hmm. And Sally's like, no, he'll come back as something dark and unnatural. But Jillian's like, Jimmy is already dark and unnatural. I don't care what he comes back as, as long as he has a pulse. So they decide this is their only hope. They just have to bring him back to life. Yeah, you know, just girly things. (laughs) So they drag him to their aunt's house. They lay him on the kitchen table and start getting everything ready for the spell. And Sally is like, are you sure that you want to do this? And Jillian says, yes. So Sally looks at the grimoire and starts casting the spell with Jilly's help. And according to the grimoire, they have to stab him through the eye with a needle. Pretty intense. Horrible. They start freaking out, but it's now or never. Like, you know, body's not going to stay fresh forever. (laughs) So they have to use whipped cream because they need something white to, like, draw a star on his chest. And there's, like, one little moment where Sandra Bullock, like, takes the finger of it and licks it, which I thought was just, like, a really cute touch. Yeah. Um, But they start chanting together, and they're about to, like, stab his eyes like they have to Mm -hmm. when he opens them. And his eyes are cloudy. He jumps up and starts strangling Jilly, and he's like, will you be my wife? Will you be my wife? And Sally ends up having... (laughs) My wife. Sally has to... (laughs) Smack him on the head with a cast iron skillet. skillet yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until he's dead again. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So they take Jimmy's grave in the backyard and roll, throw him in there. Yes. They stomp on the dirt. For some reason, Jillian is barefoot. I don't know yeah. if that's her normal state, but mm. Jillian thanks Sally for being her sister and for helping her. And she asks Sally what they should tell their aunts. And Sally's like, nothing. So the aunts get back the next day with the girls. And they see Jillian. The girls are so excited to see her. And um, this is the aunt's first time seeing her as well since she left. So Mm -hmm. 
they like also welcome her with open arms and Aunt Chet inspects her face and she's like, you know, whoever he is, he'll get what he deserves. Little mm-hmm. do they know. Oh, yeah. Because going into this movie, when I watched it the first time, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it was like, you know, witches. But I was not expecting it to be kind of like a domestic abuse, like revenge fantasy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut over to the botanical store where Jilly is, you know, putting on some lotion, sampling the product. And Sally is like, hey, Jilly, if you're going to work here, like, can you actually do some work? <laughs> But she ends up having to leave and um, tells the other woman that they know where to reach her. And Jillian asks, like, where Sally is going. And the women in the shop tell her that it's phone tree day. Basically, like, all the moms in the neighborhood have a phone tree. The most popular mom is always put at the top of the list. And she's responsible for calling, like, the next person down the line. Mm -hmm. But Sally never has and never will be put at the top of the list because all the moms in this town fucking hate her. Literally. Mm -hmm. So... Cut to the phone tree meeting. Jillian shows up unannounced to the PGA mm-hmm. meeting. All the women are staring at her and whispering about her tattoos. You can tell, like, the moms feel kind of, like, physically inferior to Jillian. Oh, yeah. And they're feeling really insecure. I think Jilly even says, like, that's right, I'm back. Hide your husbands, girls, or something like that. Yeah. It's not taken she well. She can, like, hear all of them <laughs> whispering and, like, yeah. yeah. So she kind of gets back at them um, Mm -hmm. with that line. And one woman tells another woman that Jillian slept with Coach Halfacre and Jillian like casts a spell that kind of like hits her on the back of the head or something. And Sally is like, stop, like, don't do that. And she's like, I didn't do that. You did that. (laughs) And she's like, no, you did that. And finally, Sarah gets to the top of the phone tree And flips through all of her papers, but they all say Sally's name at the top of the (gasps) list. Yeah. Sally is announced as the leader of the phone tree. And Jillian says, yeah, that was definitely me. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, we have a very quick cutaway scene. Something is moving under the soil in the backyard. What could it be? What could it be? Let's find out. So the next scene... Oh, I freaking love the scene. The midnight margaritas scene. Yeah. The ants are reciting this spell. They're pouring ingredients. We pan down to see that it's a blender and they're making margaritas. <laughs> so Jillian wakes up Sally, brings her downstairs. Lime and the coconut starts playing. And we see these women just like dancing around the kitchen island, drinking their margaritas, having an amazing time. I did read that Nicole Kidman bought like a really cheap bottle of tequila and they were like actually drunk for the scene. You can tell (laughs) for sure. It's pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a really fun scene to watch. These women are having a great time. And then we cut to later on as they're sitting at the kitchen table they're drinking shots i really love the way that this scene is like shot and edited it's like so Mm -hmm. dynamic to watch the way that it kind of like jumps around and the way that the shots mirror kind of like the growing like laughter and hysteria into like paranoia and like the trauma that unfolds it's really Mm. cool to watch i agree yeah but um 
they're drinking shots. Jilly reads Sally's palm and she's like, oh, I see a guy in your future, but you're way too scared to do anything about it. And you'll end up a bitter old hag like these two. And they're all like, oh, my God, laughing away. And Franny's like, oh, you just probably made all that up. And they start revealing all of these truths. It's really spicy. She's like, oh, you're you probably just made that whole thing up. You've always been afraid of your Mm -hmm. talents. Oh, yeah. And they and I think at one point they're like, oh, but Jilly, we know what your talent is. And Sally is like, since when has it been a crime to be a slut in this family? And they all laugh (laughs) hysterically. And then Francis and Jet start singing a song together. And Sally and Jilly look at each other. They're like, what's going on? Because it's the same song that Jimmy was singing Mm. before he died. So they realize something is up. And then Sally looks at the bottle of tequila that they're drinking out of. It's the same bottle of tequila that Jimmy had in his car. And so Sally asks her aunts where they got the bottle, and they sing, Someone left it on the porch. (laughs) (laughs) Jilly freaks out, grabs the bottle, and, like, smashes it in the sink. And the ants are, like, pulled out of this very sobering moment. Yeah. And they're like, what's going wrong in this house? Like, we can feel something is up. Like, there's something you're not telling us. Yeah. And that's when a broom falls. And they're like, oh. A broom fell. That means company is coming. And Sally just goes, we had a problem and we handled it. And they don't say anything further. Mm. So Jet and Francis are not having this. They go upstairs and Jillian and Sally are like, no, don't even think it. It can't be possible. It's not Jimmy. It's not possible. But in the backyard... The roses start to grow and move about, so. Yes. It is possible. (laughs) It it, it is. It is, and it it has been. Mm -hmm. So Aunt Jet and Francis, they decide they have to leave. Um, Although it's a harsh lesson, it's a lesson that the girls have to learn on their own. And Franny gets some rope from these, like, relics they have, and Mm -hmm. it's from the noose that was around Maria's neck, when she was going to be hanged. Oh my gosh, I didn't even catch that. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like, a little piece of Maria's rope mm. will protect the girls. Yeah. So they tie this rope around the girls' necks so that they won't be harmed from whatever like evil thing is happening in this house. Mm-hmm. Then in the morning, Jillian and Sally are hung the fuck over. They yeah. are going through a rough time. And... Sally tells Kylie to get some mint from the garden, but something stops her from going outside. She sees the figure of a man under the roses, and she tells them, like her mom and her aunt, this, but when they come over, they don't see the figure. And Kylie's like, he's right there under the roses. And Sally's like, don't worry, I'll get rid of it. Like, Jillian, call the aunts, and Antonia is like, they left and they wanted me to give you a message. <laughs> Clean up your own mess. Damn. So Jillian goes out to the garden, starts yelling at the roses, telling Jimmy to leave them alone. Sally then pulls her off the roses and they look down on the ground. And what do they see? Jimmy's little boots 
peeking out from the soil before they start sinking back oh down. My God. So Sally sends Jilly in to take care of the kids while she gets the little um what's it called? Hedge trimmer? Shears. Like, yeah. I don't know. Whatever it's called. She starts hacking away at the roses, cutting them down. Yeah. When a mysterious man walks up to her, it's uh, Officer Gary Hallett. He is a special investigator for the prosecutor's office in Tucson and says that her sister Jillian may have some information on a case that he's working on. So Sally's like, yeah, I'll go get her. But how did you know I was her sister? And he's like, a lucky guess. So she invites him inside and Sally rushes upstairs to Jillian in the attic who is like meditating. She's like, there's a cop downstairs. He wants to talk to you. She is completely freaking out. And she says to Jillian, like, I don't think I can lie to him. I just feel like I cannot lie to this man. So Jillian is like, listen, this is the story. Jimmy hit me and we left and we haven't seen him since. Let me do all the talking. I'll take care of it. So Sally repeats this story over and over to herself. And as she starts going downstairs, Jilly's like, wait, is he cute? (laughs) And Sally is like, I mean, I guess in like a penal code kind of way. Yeah, he's super cute before she walks downstairs. So Gary is like looking around the conservatory and Sally's like, what brings you to the island? And he shows her the envelope of the letter she wrote to Jillian, which he has read. Mm-hmm. And Jillian comes downstairs very, very flirtatious. Yes. And Gary says he needs to find her boyfriend, James Angelov. And Jillian's like, well, I don't know where he is and I wouldn't call him my boyfriend. He's more like a big mistake. And she says that if a man hits her, he only does it once. And I'm like, I wish that it didn't happen at all. Yeah. Yeah. But she asks him for his palm. um, And she's like, oh, I can see you've never struck a woman in your life. And he's like not disillusioned at all. He's Mm -hmm. like, when is the last time you saw him? And Jillian says three days ago. Gary asks Sally whose car is in the driveway with the Arizona plates. And Jillian's like, oh, that's mine. It's my car. But he knows it's registered to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He has the info. Yep. Sally says, you know, you're right. You know, we stole it. But Jimmy basically kidnapped her. Um, but then she like starts to backtrack because she realizes I mean, that she uh- said too much. And she's like, I would love to give him his car back. I just picked Jillian up. We drove right here. Um, but I totally, yeah, it's a crime. I would love to return the car, please. Yeah. And Gary is like, so you don't know where he is? And she's like, no. And Gary asks to take a look around. So he ends up sitting the two women down at the table and shows them pictures of this young woman who was found strangled on the highway two years ago and she had been marked with a brand on her face and it's clearly like jimmy's ring this is like a pattern of his obviously we saw him try to strangle jilly so like this is his mo yeah and he says that any information that they could provide to help him find jimmy would be great So we see Gary take a dirt sample from Jimmy's car. He goes and interviews all the townspeople. 
all of them are like, oh, yeah, the Owens women, they're witches. They probably murdered him. Thanks so much. Completely sell them out. Thank you (laughs) so much. Thank you. He then interviews one of Sally's employees who's like, oh, yeah, I mean, they're witches, but they're not evil. They're super nice. Mm Mm-hmm. So he then sees a man come into Sally's store complaining about how her product didn't help his scalp condition. And Gary notices Sally's coffee stirrer is moving on its own. And she stops it and she's like, well, sir, you're not supposed to use it on your head. And like looks down. He's like, my mistake. And then leaves the store. (laughs) I don't really understand that. What, do you get that? No, I I was kind of confused by it. I'm just like, is he supposed to put it on his dick? Like, is that what we're saying? Yeah, I was like, is this is it a scalp issue or is she saying you bought that to grow hair on your balls? Like, I'm confused. Interesting. Or it's like, you're not supposed to put it on that head, but that head. That's like insane. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird moment Um, that doesn't really... Make a lot of sense. But anyways. Yeah. Moving right along. Yeah. Sally then asks Gary if um, there's, you know, if there's anything you want to know, you just ask. You don't have to, like, hang around my store. And he's like, well, there's something missing from your story. So how about I come by the house tomorrow, 10 a.m.? She's like, all right, fine. And he says, it's a date. That he does. The tension between these two. My God. They have really great chemistry. I really enjoyed uh, this pairing. Yeah. The next day, Jillian decides to employ the girls to work on a spell to banish Gary. And Antonia is standing guard to make sure that he doesn't come like before they're ready. And Kylie asks Jillian if this notebook she found is her mother's. And it's the notebook where she wrote like, um, a star will be his favorite shape and he can ride a, a horse backwards. And Kylie's like, is this about dad? And she's like, yeah, but Kylie is like, okay, but our dad had brown eyes. And this is about a guy with a blue eye and a green eye. And Jillian's like, okay, I admit it wasn't about your father. It was about some fake man that Sally made up to perf- to protect herself. But Jillian does say that she loved their father very, very much. And Kylie's like, I can't wait to fall in love. And Jillian asks her if she's ever spun around with her arms out wide. And I think Antonia's like, oh, she does that all the time. (laughs) And Jillian compares falling in love to spinning around. It makes your heart race. It turns the world upside down. But if you're not careful, if you don't keep your eyes on something still, you can lose your balance. (sighs) You can't see what's happening to people around you. You can't see that you're about to fall. And she gets, like, emotional. And Another great quote. This movie has so many, like, yeah, lovely little quotes in it. I agree. I'm also realizing that Nicole Kidman does play a battered woman a lot. <laughs> like, in Big Little Lies oh, in this yeah. movie. True. She gets shot in Nine Perfect Strangers. That's not a spoiler. That's, like, mm. exposition. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Wow. So... Kylie does comfort her. She's like, I'll never let you fall. And that's when Gary shows up and Antonia rushes to let him in. She's like, we're having pancakes. And he's like, I came here to ask your mom some questions. And she's like, oh, well, mom's having pancakes too. So Sally comes down the stairs and he tells her that he has a couple of questions for her. 
he goes back to the greenhouse or conservatory again, and he's looking at some different flowers and stuff. And Sally's like, oh, you're looking at belladonna. Some people use it as a way to calm their nerves. And he tells her that people also use it as a sedative. Mm. And she asks him which people he's talking about. And he's like, which Which people? people? (laughs) Witches. And she's like, well, I guess you found me out. And he says, it all sounds very strange to him. Um, But she says she doesn't practice that stuff. They don't worship the devil or anything. She just makes lotion and shampoo. And she takes out his badge and shows him the star shape of his badge and says, this doesn't stop criminals in their tracks. This has power because, like, you believe in it. And she's making a good argument, you know? Mm -hmm. He asks her if they're hiding James Angelov, and she says, not in this house. And Mm -hmm. he asks if she or Jillian kills him, and she says, oh, yeah, a couple of times. Which is true. Yeah, she's not lying. She's not lying. So we then cut to the kitchen where Antonia is making the pancakes and Gary comes over to help her while Sally sets the table. And he makes this cactus pancake and tosses it in the air, which is one of the things in Sally's spell that this Mm -hmm. mysterious man can toss pancakes. So as Jilly is continuing working on this banishing spell, Antonia comes in and whispers to Kylie, this man knows how to flip pancakes. So they rush out to go see him. Gary then serves breakfast to the girls and they're like, oh, can you ride a pony backwards? He's like, yes, I can. Backwards, forward, sideways. And then they see the star on his badge, which is another sign from the spell that the man's favorite shape will be a star. So Jilly comes out to join them and hands Gary her homemade syrup with the banishing spell in it. And the girls Mm -hmm. freak out and they're like, no. And they grab it and they dump it in the lake very dramatically. (laughs) (laughs) They really did that. Yeah. That's when Gary notices this croaking frog and he walks over to it with Sally and Jilly. And this frog spits out (gasps) Jimmy's ring. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yikes, spikes. It's not looking good. Mm -hmm. It's not looking good. Yeah, Jilly tries to play it off pretending that it's her ring, but Gary's like, listen, I don't know what you two are playing at, but you better get a damn good lawyer and don't think about leaving town. And as he walks away, he's like, what was in that syrup? Hmm? Hmm? It's not looking good. Yeah. So... Sally and Jilly go into the kitchen. Jilly is shook. She's scatterbrained. She's like, we need to stick to our stories. Knocks over a fruit bowl. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I haven't been sleeping. Blah, blah, blah. And Sally's like, I, me, mine. All you can think about is yourself. And Jilly is like, I don't want to argue right now. She starts walking away. And the sisters get into a fight where Jilly's like, you know, at least I live my life while you spend all of your energy trying to fit in and like you can't, like you'll never be able to fully fit in and neither will Mm -hmm. your girls. And Sally is like super offended by this and Jilly says that she's wasting her talent and Sally tells her that she wants her gone. So it's a pretty intense moment. Mm -hmm. Sally decides to 
leave and tell Gary the entire truth. She says that um, she wants to be true to herself. So Sally goes to Gary and tells him that it was Jimmy's ring. And he's like, listen, you better get a lawyer before you talk to me. And she says, I don't want one. Which <laughs> go off, I guess. You should always you should always have a lawyer. <laughs> but anyways, they go into his hotel room. And that's where Sally sees that all over his bed is all this evidence, including the letter that she wrote to Jilly. And it's clearly been like folded and unfolded like a million times. Yeah. And she asks him how many times he's read it. And he's like, well, I had to study all the evidence. Sure you did. Yeah, sure. You studied it real well. He then sits down and pulls out a tape recorder so he can record Sally's testimony he asks where Jimmy is, and she says that he's in the spirit world and he's haunting them. He certainly is. Mm-hmm. So she then asks what kind of evidence he got from her letter, and he does not answer this and just is like, did you or your sister kill Jimmy? And she says, Jilly didn't kill anybody. So he asks Sally if she did it. And she says, well, if I did... Would you send me to jail? And he says that it's not for him to decide, but Jimmy needs to be held accountable for this like murder that he's done in the past. And Sally says he has been punished. So, so big confession right there. Yeah. Gary turns off the tape recorder and is like, listen, you should really get a lawyer before we go any further. But he softens and he's like, listen, I know that you're in trouble, but if you trust me, I will do everything I can to keep you from harm's way. And then in this uh, like very he's such a hot cowboy. I know. In this like very intense moment, they look at each other and he just like kisses her and they start making out against the wall. It's like super passionate and fiery. And she like stops him before she kisses him again and they like get on the bed. It's like very romantic. And she then, like, pulls away and looks in his eyes and realizes that he has one green eye and one blue eye. <gasps> oh, my gosh. gosh. She's like, I got to go. I got to blast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Got to blast. <laughs> On Sally's way back to the house, she actually hears Jilly telepathically calling for her. And when she arrives, Antonia and Kylie are crying. So Sally runs upstairs and sees Jillian looking quite mm, possessed. Just a little. And guess who's right behind her, though? Gary. Oh, my God. Gary okay, shows wait. up with his gun. I have a question. Do we think Gary is a respectful king? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who was the other person that we were talking about for a respectful king? Um, we talked about what's-his-face from Last Holiday. Sean. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Big. Okay. Yeah. I really like those two. Yeah. It didn't make it into the final cut of our Pretty Woman episode because we recorded for many hours, but we did discuss whether or not Edward is a respectful king. Yeah. Let us know if you have any thoughts on that. We ultimately decided like not quite, but yeah, if you have any thoughts, if, you, if you're carrying a torch for Edward, let us know. Yeah. We need to... Uh think about our choices yes, as yeah. the month arises. Mm -hmm. So she's possessed, yeah. confirmed <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And Gary and Sally actually see Jimmy rise out of Jillian's body in this Jesus. like ghost spirit form. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy and Gary Hallett 
face off with each other. Sally like tries to like get help or something, but mm-hmm. she is immediately turned off to that idea because Jimmy sees her and he's like, settle down. <laughs> so they face off in this really dramatic moment. Jimmy reaches into Gary's chest and like twists his heart. Jesus. <laughs> Gary's badge protects him and actually burns through Jimmy's hand. And you can mm. see like the star has caused like these like this like steaming yeah. like <laughs> wound. cut wound. Yeah. Um, Gary being the quick-witted man he is actually holds up his badge to Jimmy and Jimmy like crumbles and burns and poofs out of existence. Is it? No, it's were- werewolves are the ones that can't do silver, right? Not vampires. Yeah. So again, like they're planting some- Wait, or maybe it's both. Is it? Because I, I remember like a silver stake in the heart. Isn't that? A wooden stake. Oh, okay. It also depends on like, well- by Vampire Diaries, vampire lore, it has to be like a wooden stake. But yeah, I think it's werewolves that can't do silver bullets mm. or something. Silver bullets sounds really yeah. correct. Yeah. I don't know. If anyone's more familiar with werewolf lore, yeah, please, please let, let, us, let know. us know. But yeah, I feel like they were planting some seeds that like he is like this other I definitely thing. got that. Yeah, I don't know what – it's kind of an unfinished thought, it seems. Yeah. Especially because um, when Jilly is like, oh, yeah, he talks about our relationship in terms of centuries. I'm like, is he immortal? Because he also seems very, like, from another time. Yeah. So he doesn't seem like a dude who was born in the early 80s. So I would have to agree with you. Yeah. But in any case... After this very dramatic face-off, Jilly kind of, like, starts to come down and become herself again. And Gary and Sally go outside so she can kind of explain what the fuck just happened. And he is freaking out, obviously. And Sally explains that Gary killed the spirit, but she's the one who took his life. And she says she'll tell him anything that he wants to know. And he's like absolutely losing his mind his worldview is shattered completely oh yeah as understandably and he's like i came here to find the bad guy and like now i'm so confused but then he kind of stops and looks at her and he's like i must have read your letter a thousand times Uh. and realizes that it was her letter more than anything that brought him here and he's Mm -hmm. real mixed up about it he says that he says that (laughs) And Sally is like, when I was a little girl, I made a spell so that I would never fall in love. So I made it for somebody who doesn't exist. But you do. And we have this gorgeous shot of Gary as a child sitting backwards on a horse with his one Mm -hmm. green eye and one blue eye as the rose petals from her spell fall on him. Uh, So, so gorgeous. Yeah. And she says that she was the one who sent for him, but if he stays, she wouldn't know if it was because of the spell, and he wouldn't know if it was just because she didn't want to go to jail. Mm -hmm. So he starts to walk away, and then, oh my gosh, he says, curses only have power if you believe in them, and I don't. Mm -hmm. And I wished for you too. Screaming, crying, throwing up. Oh, my God. And Sally just 
lets tears flow down her face. She's heartbroken. Mm -hmm. The way I would go absolutely feral if a man said, I wished for you. Oh, my God. He's marvelously kind. (laughs) He answers my call from miles away. Oh, man. I do think that this movie is really clever. Like, the Mm -hmm. way that it intertwines these memories is, like, I I really love it. It is, like, transports you. I think that, Mm. honestly, if Universal or Disney had the rights to this movie, they could make a really awesome practical magic ride. Oh, oh my gosh, totally. Because there's just such a rich story. Ooh, now that I'm thinking about it, do you know who I think could play Sally if we're we're doing Hunter Schaefer as Jilly? Uh What about, like, Haley Steinfeld as Sally? That is exactly what... Monica said, and I was like, <laughs> I don't like her because she used to come into the restaurant I worked at and oh. she had like an attitude oh, if she like no. couldn't get seated immediately. But that is so funny <laughs> that you both said her like, yeah, 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 I can see that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I think she could pull it off because I-, I was trying to think of like other like young actresses who like look young enough to match up with Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Haley has like a really great um, emotional like vulnerability in her work. Yeah, that I could see her pulling this off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but listeners, if you have any ideas, ooh, should we do a poll on the story? Oh yeah, I can do a little like recasting poll like I did for Corpse Bride. That'd be so fun. Yeah, no choices for Hunter Schaefer though. Hunter Schaefer yeah, has Hunter- to be Jillian. <laughs> Hunter Schaefer versus Hunter Schaefer. Yeah. Just like for the Hercules one where it was Danny DeVito versus Danny DeVito because there are no There's other only options. one answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Sally walks back to the house and Jillian gives her a hug, except it's not Jillian <gasps> and she is still possessed by Jimmy. No. And like Jimmy is like, I'm really into sisters right now and like tries to make out nasty with Sally. Man. Nasty, nasty, He's man. so grotesque. And Sally actually hits him with the skillet again, mm-hmm. and Jillian passes out on the floor. And at that moment, the aunts also arrive home. The aunts tie Jilly to a chair, and they're kind of like lecturing Sally. Um, it's kind of funny the juxtaposition of like this very serious, like they're tying down a demon. They're like, Sally, you can't be like doing witchcraft while looking down on it, just like having this very normal conversation. Sally's yeah. like, oh, Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> And um, basically, they're like, okay, what we need to do is we need a full coven to banish Jimmy's spirit. Nine women, but 12 is better. So Francis is like, Sally, do you have any friends? (laughs) Sally's like, no. No, but I do have a phone tree, which she is thankfully the leader of. Oh, yeah. So she activates the phone tree. Um, I think it's Margot Martindale's character who's like, oh my god, Sally just came out, like, as a witch. Yeah. Um, and we see, like, all the moms calling each other, and one of them's like, well, yeah, apparently her sister got out of a very bad relationship, and the guy will not leave her alone. (laughs) So we're all going to the house, be sure to bring a broom. And we then see all the Owens women and children getting everything set up for the spell, um, we get a nice little callback to earlier in the movie where um, as a kid, we see Sally doing a spell where she blows on a candle to light it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see her do that with her children, which is like a really cute moment. 
And all of the moms in the neighborhood show up to the house with their brooms, including one of them mm-hmm. with a hand vacuum. She's like, is Love this okay? It. It's all I had. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have a broom? What the, what the yeah. fuck? No. What kind of housewife are you? <laughs> yeah. What kind of PTA mom? Mm. So the spell begins. The women circle around Jillian, whose body is like basically limp. She's feverish. Um, mm-hmm. She's on the floor. And they form this ring with their brooms. I think it's Francis who says, it is only with our hearts beating as one that mm-hmm. we can save the life of this child. Yeah. So Francis starts chanting and the mothers follow suit. And Jilly starts writhing, like screaming. Pictures are falling off the wall. And Sally tells them to stop because she's worried they're going to kill Jilly. I did read that apparently they installed like rubber floors because Nicole Kidman was like, I want to like smash my head against the ground. So they put in rubber flooring so she could do that and not get a concussion. There is a scene in Euphoria where... Jacob Elordi has a, like a breakdown and he's like hitting his head on the floor. Mm-hmm. That was a real floor. And I feel like <sighs> someone should have uh, like done something else, like put a little carpet down. Yeah. I don't know. The more that I hear about the filming of uh, Euphoria, the more concerned I am mm-hmm. for these young actors. It doesn't sound like the safest of working environments. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I also think just what from what I've heard, like multiple actors, um, were like, I don't think I need to get naked hair. And yeah. like Sam Levinson will be like, Okay, that's fine. But I'm also like, why is it that this is like a yeah. pattern? Why the constant you? gratuitous nudity of like what are supposed to be teens? Maybe there's something to unpack there. Yeah. Anyways, uh Jimmy tries to stand her up. But she, like, can't leave the circle, so she kind of, like, gets slammed back down by this invisible force field. And Sally lays on the ground next to her sister, and Jillian's like, Sally, just, like, let Jimmy take me. Like, everyone else will be safe. And she kind of just wants to let go. She's having a hard time fighting the spirit and sally is like no no we are supposed to die together at the same time and it's not that day that's when sally makes the woman get back in the circle because she has an idea so our girl sally pulls out jimmy's tequila bottle and summons his spirit forward she dangles it in front of him and is like you can't have it so in jilly's body He lunges forward at her, and that's when the ants, like, grab him. So Sally cuts both of Jilly's palms, and they do, like, that blood oath from the beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie. And we see this whole montage of, like, the sisters together, all the women join palms. Like, we have all these great shots of, like, hands clasping. Yes. And we even see a shot of Maria Owens herself crying Mm -hmm. out in pain there's a huge flash of light and jimmy's spirit is banished from jilly's body and it's not like implicitly said but at least like the reading that i got is that this is also them breaking that curse like maria's initial curse i agree so ashes then start to fall from the ceiling and (laughs) one of the housewives says (laughs) 
I wonder if that would work on my husband. I think it's her ex-husband. Oh, yes, on your my ex-husband, yeah. So the women then grab their brooms, and we hear this, like, fun, plinky-plunky music as they just <laughs> sweep his ashes out of the house into the yard over where his body is buried, and Francis mm-hmm. pours this potion, this, like, giant cauldron. Cauldron, um, yeah. Over it, and Jimmy is gone for good. Yes. The next morning, as they burn the rose bush over Jimmy's body, Jilly gives a letter to Sally from Arizona. And inside the letter is Jimmy's ring, which she also tosses over, like where the burning rose bush is. She reads the statement that Gary has sent saying that the investigation is over and it was ruled an accidental death. The investigation is closed and no one is getting jail time. So Sally asks Jillian what she would do. And she's like, uh, you know, what wouldn't I do for the right guy? So Sally lets a leaf fly off in the wind. We see Gary sit up on his couch. He's been called to her. And they reunite in the front yard of the Owens house as the aunts, Jilly, and Sally's children watch, and he kisses her. Sally's open to love again. Aw. And she broke the family curse she so did. her daughters can love as well. She did. And, like, this this is why I think this movie really is about generational trauma and, like, kind of forging your own path and choosing for yourself. And I like that they have, like, peppered in these quotes about, like, oh, something only has power if you believe in it and that, like, you're able to overcome, mm-hmm. like, cycles and patterns and uh, choose your own destiny. Yeah, and I really liked that in this movie they do make it seem like um, – it's not like, ooh, magic, flashy, flashy. It's like mm-hmm. this is something that's part of like our heritage. Yeah. You know, it's not something that we like show off mm-hmm. or makes us like otherworldly, but it's just like this kind of like beautiful mm-hmm. thing that they get to have. Yeah, it's really cool. And like just to see them living in like a normal town, like going about their lives, doing their thing, they just like also – can do magic. It's just like a special mm-hmm. gift that they have. And I did read that they had a like a witch consultant to kind of help out with the magic stuff. Oh, wow. But drama, drama, she wanted to be paid more and wanted like a cut of the profits. But the studio was like, no, we already paid you like really well. So she vowed to put a curse on this movie and like called the director saying that she's going to put a curse on this movie and on him and like it'll never succeed. And it like didn't. So I'm like, did it work? But um, that's terrifying. They did do um, an exorcism with like, or I don't know if an exorcism is the word, but they did something with like burning sage and like candles and stuff to kind of like counteract this curse that she put on the movie but she ended up suing the studio um and they decided to just pay her off so they didn't have to like (laughs) deal with it she was gonna put a curse uh on the studio apparently oh my god never got a witch consultant i guess (laughs) that's so freaky yeah oh i don't like that at all yeah but because this movie kind of flopped so I'm thinking her I'm thinking curse she worked. did that. Yeah. I'm thinking. I think the movie is good too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like similar movies have succeeded very well. Yeah, like definitely. a Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah. 
It's a stacked yeah. freaking cast. Oh yeah. And it's like enjoyable too. Just like I don't know, something it something didn't hit for critics, I guess, but mm. yeah, pretty crazy. You want to finish it off for us? Yes. Yeah, so we see that on Halloween, Sally, Jillian, her aunts and her kids all get dressed up in like traditional, you know, witch like hats and costumes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they jump off the roof as the town watches and they have these like black umbrellas and mm. they land on their feet. And we hear this quote, can love travel back in time and heal a broken heart? Was it our joint hands that lifted Maria's curse? I'd like to think so. There's some things though I know for certain. Always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Plant lavender for luck and fall in love whenever you can. And apparently that ending line is the same as the book as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But yeah, that is practical magic. Yes. Oh, I really enjoyed this movie. It's Mm -hmm. like such a good movie to watch if you're like having a girl's night in, you're like having Mm -hmm. a sleepover or something. I think it's just like you get to laugh, you have the heartfelt moments, you cry. Yeah. It's really about family and sisterhood and like the bond of the ones you love and acceptance and uh, it's like sleepover but for an adult audience yeah yeah and I love like the the way that they're able to like vanquish this evil spirit is like through the power of community and like women coming together I think is like really cool to see and I feel like this movie so easily could have if it was done by someone else or with like a different screenwriter or something it could have easily Mm -hmm. been like a oh like men ain't shit kind of movie But it's not. I feel like it's much more nuanced than that. We see these, like, really great male characters as well. It's just, like, one dude who's, like, a fucking asshole. Um, Yeah. I love Michael and Gary, I think. Oh, Uh, my gosh. I love also this when he actually just narrowly misses death with the bikers Mm -hmm. when they actually pass by him and he realizes, like, they're not going to hit him. He, like, holds out his arms and closes his eyes and, like, feels the breeze of the bikes mm-hmm. running by uh i think it's so, like, yeah. such a beautiful moment oh yeah then just like the tragedy hits even harder yeah when it does happen but yeah i i really like this movie and i feel like the thing that critics miss it's like okay it's like how people classified get out as a comedy mm. it's not a comedy it's a horror movie it has comedic elements to it And I feel like people kind of will pigeonhole movies of like, oh, this has to be one thing and make you feel like only one thing in it. And I really like that this one kind of like jumps all over the place with like dark comedy and with like tragedy and with like family and like these really deep moments of like Mm -hmm. the the depth of like human emotion, but also these like really quirky, like witty little lines and then we have this like whimsical element of this witchcraft like i really like that it it kind of gives you a taste of everything i agree for me i found it like fine to follow and some people didn't but yeah Yeah. that's my two cents those people are stupid and um have bad taste in movies (laughs) yeah but i highly recommend it's i I feel like this is the perfect movie to start off the month Get our toes wet with a little bit of witchy magic. Yes. 
especially because we're going for a very different type of magic next week. Yeah, it is different. It mm-hmm. is very different. What would you rate practical magic? Ooh. I'm going to give practical magic a very solid 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I was thinking an 8. I would definitely do 8.5. Yeah. I really want to watch this like when we're both in New York or Canada. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I think it would be so fun to watch it with like girlfriends and <gasps> and with just... some midnight margaritas. Oh, <laughs> put the lime in the coconut, coconut shake it all up. up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and brownies. Although I don't know if I can do tequila and brownies together. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a winning combo. <laughs> Uh, certainly wouldn't want to hang over with that. But yeah, if you're looking for a movie to show you the power of sisterhood, yes, this is the one. Yeah. And you can watch it on HBO um, in the US. And you can rent it on Amazon Prime here in Canada. Yeah. I highly recommend go watch yourself a little practical magic. Yes, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was super fun to record. And if you want to follow along with more of what we're doing and see what movie is coming out next week, you can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can also follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can see our TikToks at Movies That Raised Us pod on tiktok and you can send us an email at movies that raised us at gmail.com and if you want to request a movie you can always use our movie request form it's in the link in our bio on every social media platform Mm -hmm. so you can feel free to type away let us know what you want to hear next definitely and that's also super helpful because then we can keep track of it better Mm -hmm. like feel free to dm us whenever you want but if you have a movie definitely put it in there yes for sure And we will see you next week for our next March Magic movie. (laughs) And with that being said, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.